0: You guys so much for joining us on this Sunday morning and choosing to come and worship with us here at Harrison Faith. Uh, I just want to say, man, we're excited that you're here. How many's ready for Christmas? Anybody? A few of you? All right. <clears throat> Let me just say this before I get started. Uh, if you didn't know this, man, first of all, can we just give it up for the Lord yeah. for His presence in this place today? I just thought as I was standing there in worship, my gosh, the presence of the Lord is so strong in this place right now. And the Spirit of the Lord is here. And if you didn't realize it, the Lord knit this service together today for some people in this place. And uh, we've set aside some time. Hopefully, if we, we have enough time, we will get to the food, by the way. I promise <laughs> you, we will get there. So hang on to your horses. We'll, we'll get over next door and uh, get to our Christmas dinner shortly, but before then, I believe the Lord has a word, and we will have a time, an altar time here at the end, uh, an opportunity for you to respond. And I truly believe that the Lord wants to speak to some people today. Um, and we're going to be talking about the topic of, of anxiety. Pastor Scott and I were talking about this series, and I'll tell you this too: I don't think it's a coincidence. Um, that the Lord led our church and led our pastor uh, to lead us into a sermon series in November on prayer and then into a sermon series for the month of December on peace. I don't think it was a coincidence because prayer and peace really go hand in hand. And um, and so I think it's powerful that the Lord did that alone. Um, but I want to start by sharing kind of my personal story with you today. And if you don't mind... Uh, and don't consider it disrespectful, I'm going to start sitting down today for a little bit and then I'm going to stand and continue. But I think it's just appropriate because I just want to have a conversation with you today. Everybody okay if, I have a con- if we, we have a conversation together today? Um, let me start by asking a question. And I'm going to ask you to be real with me today because I'm going to be real with you today about some uh, personal things uh, in my life. So I want to start by asking you the question, how many of you by a show of hands in this place today would say that you deal with or you battle some type of overwhelming anxiety in your life? Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for your honesty. Um, I want to start by sharing just a little bit of my story and then we're going to get into, uh, into the text here in a moment. Um, but in 2018, everybody say, 2018. In 2018, uh, I started battling with something that I had never experienced before in my life, and that was severe anxiety. Um, Many times I would have almost like this overwhelming, I would be so overwhelmed with anxiety to the point that, Uh, it would almost be like I couldn't breathe or I couldn't catch a breath. Uh, And there was one time in particular, my wife and I were uh, driving in town here and we were going to another couple's house to hang out that night and have dinner. And as I'm driving, I'm trying to get a breath and I don't feel like I can breathe. And so in that moment, I'm thinking I'm either going to stop and turn around and go back home Or something. I don't know what's about to happen, but I don't feel like I can breathe in this moment because I had so, such overwhelming anxiety. Uh, And it got to the point, uh, if you don't know this, and I think I've even put this in my notes, but if you've ever battled with anxiety in your life, uh, severe anxiety, you know that uh, oftentimes anxiety would even mirror issues in you that you think are physical issues. It will make you think that you've got. Uh, heart problems it might think, it might make you think that you 're having a heart attack when you 're actually not having a heart attack and you 're perfectly healthy, but your anxiety is so overwhelming that it mirrors symptoms sometimes and makes you feel like I need to go to the hospital like there 's something wrong with me and so it got to that point in my life and I went to the doctor and even uh, started taking medication for my anxiety because it was so overwhelming in my life, and I needed to take. Medication as needed to calm me down so that I could feel like I could breathe, so that I could feel like I could manage the overwhelming anxiety in my life. And so the purpose today is that I hope by the Holy Spirit and by His grace that He would help me and allow me to communicate the gospel in a way to you today that you will leave this place knowing that there's more to peace and there's more to prayer and there's more to this text that we're going to talk about today. Pastors God actually touched on this text a little bit last week, Philippians chapter four, and we're going to go a little bit more in depth today. But I want you to walk out of here knowing that there's more to this text than just you need to stop worrying, you need to stop being anxious, and you just need to trust God and you need to pray. I'm here to tell you today, there's more to the text than that. And I've got good news that I want to share with you today. Can we start by praying? Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, that in your word it says that that your word is, is powerful, it is alive, it is active, it is sharper than the uh, than, than a double-edged sword for the cutting down of strongholds. God, your, your word cuts to the soul. It is life, it is alive, it is breathing, it is God-breathed. It is not just some book that we took off the shelf in the library, but it is the book. It is the living word of God that cuts to the soul, that speaks to us, that is living, that is alive, that is active, and it is our guidebook for living. And so, God, I pray today, that you would anoint these lips of clay and use me as your vessel to minister to your people today. And I pray, Lord, that many of us would leave this place today having laid down our anxiety and picking up your peace. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. amen. So in order for us to really get the most out of this text, we have to understand what anxiety really is. Because if we don't understand the problem, we can't address the problem. If we don't really truly understand to the root word of really what anxiety means, because some of us, I think that's the issue. That was the issue for me even. Uh, We think anxiety is one thing, but it's actually more. It's a little bit more in depth than just saying, you just have anxiety or you're just anxious or you're just stressed or you just haven't figured out how to manage your life. You haven't figured out how to manage your time. It's actually a little bit deeper than that when we cut to the root word. And so I wanna talk about What is anxiety today? If you look at the word anxiety, now let me just say this, if you Google the word, you're not going to get the depth of what we're talking about today because Google's definition is simply this, a feeling of worry, nervousness, unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. That's Google's definition. But I'm here to tell you there's much more to the word than that. If you look at the Greek word, the Greek word is merimne, meaning care, anxiety, or worry. In verb form, it is merimneo, meaning to be troubled, anxious, fretful, or worried about something. But it comes from the root word merizo, which actually means, understand this today and get this. you got to get this before you leave this place today. The root word actually means to divide or to separate. The noun and verb forms of this Greek word are used in the New Testament, and they have both positive and negative connotations, but mostly what we as Christians, even as believers, are running into today, in this culture, in this society, in our lives, we're running into the negative connotations of this word. We are overly anxious We're consumed with worry. We're consumed with anxiety to the point of merimneo, meaning we are literally, maybe not literally, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, we are being torn apart and pulled in different directions. The old English root word from which we get our word worry means to strangle. We see the similarities with this word merimneo used in the parable of the sower and the seed in Matthew 13, 22. He says, and the one on whom... Seed was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries and distractions of the world and the deceitfulness, the superficial pleasures and delight of riches, choke the word and it yields no fruit. So the word care is the Greek word merimneo, again connected to material worries and concerns. Jesus says that such worry or anxiety chokes the word. And I want to tell you today that I believe that many of us What's happening is that many of us, perhaps many of us in this sanctuary today are dealing with that type of anxiety. Anxiety is pulling you apart and you feel like you're losing control in your life. Can I tell you today, friends, that this is not the life that God desires for us to live. And I'm speaking from personal experience. By the way, I I, I was able to get to a point where Through the help of the Holy Spirit, I was able to learn how, and through prayer, learn how to manage my anxiety. So I'm thankful to say that I no longer have to take medication for anxiety. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. That doesn't mean that I don't ever experience moments of anxiety. In fact, how this came about, I got a little bit ahead of myself, is that about three months ago, on a Tuesday morning, I got up and I went to the living room and I sat down on my couch. And I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I felt the same overwhelming anxiety to the point that I felt like I just starting to have thoughts. Is there anybody in the room that's ever started to have thoughts? I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know how much longer I can carry this weight. I don't know how much longer I can continue to do the things that I'm doing and be okay. And so I woke up three months ago on a Tuesday morning, went to the couch in my living room, I sat down, and I felt that same overwhelming anxiety that I experienced in 2018. And I started to think, okay, God, like, wait a minute, you brought me through this. You delivered me from anxiety. I'm not taking medications for it, all that kind of stuff. But something powerful happened on that Tuesday morning because I realized that what happened is the Lord was trying to reveal something to me in Scripture that I had not seen before. If I'm really being real with you today, I told you I'm going to be real with you. I grew up in church all my life and I became almost um, numb to the passage of scripture in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I've heard a lot of people preach on it. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And I got to the point in my life whenever I heard a pastor or someone talking about Philippians 4, 6, and 7, then I was like, ah, immediately checked out because I knew what they were going to say. You're going to get up there and you're going to tell me that I don't need to worry and the Bible is telling me I don't need to be anxious. I just need to trust God. I just need to pray and get over myself. I knew what they were going to say. And so I grew cold. I grew numb to that text until this Tuesday morning about three months ago when I was dealing with this overwhelming feeling once again and the Lord said, go read Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And you want to know what my response was? yeah, you know. I was like, God, seriously, bro. Like, I I know. I already know what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says. I don't need to be anxious. I need to stop having anxiety. I need to pray. I need to trust God. He's like, no, you need to go read it again. And you don't just need to read it. You need to study it. I was like, ah, so frustrated. So I begin to dive into the text, and the Lord begins to show this me what I'm telling you about what the word anxiety actually means. That it's the merimneo and marizo, the root word meaning you're being pulled apart. You're being torn in different directions. And so then it begins to become interesting. After all these years growing up in church, growing numb to this text and I'm thinking, yeah, I just need to trust God. I need to stop worrying. But the Lord begins to show me this and I'm thinking, whoa, hang on a second. Show me more. So now that we understand what the word anxiety means, let's talk about what peace means. Because that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about peace in this sermon series. What is peace? Because if I'm going to get to a place where I can manage this, not only do I have to understand what it is I'm battling with, understanding the anxiety, but I also need to understand what peace is. The Greek word for peace is erene, meaning one, meaning Peace, quietness, rest. And the the root word is ero, meaning to join or tie together. This is where it gets good. We're talking about a peace today, my friends, that only can be found in God. Paul says that God's peace exceeds anything that we can understand. God desires for you and I to live in an abundance of His peace. And His peace seeks to take lives that are broken and separated and pulled in different directions. Distracted and torn apart. And He wants to bind them back together for His glory. His peace is the opposite of anxiety. It is to bind you up in Him. And so the Lord begins to reveal this to me. And I'm like, finally, we're getting somewhere. His peace is so strong that it not only binds us together in Him and binds together what has been torn apart, but it also protects it from being torn apart again. So then if this, if this peace we're talking about, God's peace, if it's the opposite of anxiety, that's what we're seeking after, right? We don't want anxiety. If someone was to come to you and ask you right now, do you want to be overwhelmed with anxiety in your life? What's your answer going to be? No. No, of course not. I don't want to be overwhelmed with anxiety. I don't want to battle with anxiety. I don't want to have to take medication for anxiety. I want that peace. I want that peace. I don't want to live with constant anxiety being pulled in different directions and torn apart every day. I want to be able to walk in the peace that binds me together in his purpose, his direction, his plan, and his joy for my life. So the question then today is, how do I get that peace? We understand in the Greek now from the root word what anxiety means. And now we also understand from the Greek root word what peace means. So I think everybody's waiting now to understand, how do I get that peace? You've explained to me this anxiety that I'm dealing with. And you've explained to me what it is and what peace is. So how do I get the peace that God gives? Paul gives us the prescription for our peace in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, if you want to turn there today. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. Starting in verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, That peace which transcends all understanding. That peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. That's so powerful to me. The scripture says that peace that is God's peace is yours. You mean It's mine. I can have that peace. I can have the peace of God that stands guard over my mind, over my heart. It stands guard over my life so that I don't have to walk in anxiety, so I don't have to walk in depression, so I don't have to be walking and being stressed out and living in defeat instead of living in victory. Paul says it's yours. I don't know about you, but I prefer to have the peace of God standing guard over my life. Why? Because his peace fights for me. His peace fights off negative thinking. His peace fights off lies of the enemy that are whispered in my ear every day. His peace fights off frustration. His peace fights off disappointment and discouragement and uncertainty. And when I'm walking in the peace of God, I can stand up straight. I can set my shoulders back and say with confidence, anxiety, get out of my way. Fear, get out of my way. Darkness, get out of my way pettiness, get out of my way. Every attack of the enemy that would try to come against my marriage, my kids, my family, my ministry, my thought life, get out of my way because I have kingdom work to do and I have the power to overcome if I'm walking in his peace. But here's what we need to understand. And I believe Pastor Scott touched on this a little bit. In order for us to walk in that peace that I'm talking about today, God's peace, that's more powerful than anything you can imagine or understand. In order for us to walk in God's peace, we must walk according to God's principles. And the problem too many times is that oftentimes we want God's peace without God's principles. You cannot have God's peace without his principles. So Paul gives us some God principles to live by that serve as the prescription for our peace. So let's get to it. Number one, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes, especially if you're in this place today and you're battling with what we're talking about today, with anxiety. Number one, Paul tells us we need to learn how to pray under pressure. Notice that I didn't say we need to learn what to pray he tells us we need to learn how to pray under pressure or in the midst of anxiety. He gives us biblical steps to how we should pray when under pressure. And if we follow these steps, he goes on to say that God will give us the kind of peace that not only binds us together, but also stands guard over our minds and our hearts. So the prescription for peace. Number one, I wrote this may sound a little bit weird. Adoration. It's just simply adoration. It's about our approach when we come into the Lord's presence. And this is a powerful first step that we need to understand and that has changed my life and changed how I manage the anxiety and the pressure in my life. It's coming to Him in an attitude of worship and devotion and love. And whenever we find ourselves overwhelmed with the pressure of life to the point of constant worry and anxiety, our first line of defense should be prayerful worship and adoration to our King. But oftentimes we miss that step because we're so overwhelmed. The right way to approach prayer is with adoration, not with asking. It's the idea that even in the seasons when we feel most overwhelmed and under pressure, we don't rush into his presence and dump all of our problems and requests first. But rather, we come into his presence with humble adoration and we just begin to worship him. I've got some people that are going to help me with an illustration here this morning. Colton, would you help me out? Just grab these bags here and just bring them up here to me. Last week, as... I was preparing to teach today, I felt like the Lord gave me this visual of what it looks like oftentimes, we'll set this to the side, what it looks like when we attempt to approach God in prayer, we attempt to come to Him and come into His presence with all of the things that we've got going on, and it looks a little bit like something like this right here. Go ahead and put that one right here. Thank you. Pardon us while we get this situated. Put that on my arm. Turn that one around. Thanks. Thank y'all for helping me. And so, oftentimes, it's funny, but. Spiritually, this is what we look like, y'all. This is what we look like spiritually. And understand this today. Oftentimes, we don't, get a, we don't get anything accomplished in prayer because we can't even, the thought of coming into his presence and spending an extra 30 minutes or how, how much ever time you spend in prayer, the, just the thought of coming in and adding more time to our schedule, another, another 30 minutes, even though we really need prayer. We really need God to fix some things in our life. We really need to learn how to manage our anxiety. We really need so many things right now. We're overwhelmed and we don't feel like we can do this anymore. I don't, God, I'm, I'm telling you right now, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this another day. Like, I don't feel like I can keep carrying all this weight and all this responsibility. And yet, that's what we look like spiritually. We come into his presence and we don't really, I may fall, I can't even see the steps, like, and just the thought of coming to him. And we're so weighed down. Good. that By the time we get there, it's like, I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say. Like This is just overwhelming. So I'm just going to go ahead and skip this whole prayer thing. And as I'm already overwhelmed and the, the weight of life and anxiety is dragging me down, I'm going to say, God, I, I need your help. I need you to take all this stuff off of me. I need your... But there's something powerful when we learn to... Come to him in adoration. Because this is what happens. Let me show you what happens when, despite my anxiety, despite all the pressure I feel right now, despite feeling like I can't take another step in my life, if I can somehow muster up enough faith, if I can somehow muster up enough confidence in my God to begin to come into his presence and get my focus off of my problems and off of my perspective of my problems. If I can somehow get my focus off of me, even though I feel like I'm drowning and I'm being weighed down, and push myself to focus on my God and say, God, I worship you. God, I come into your presence and I I don't feel like I can do anything else. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm done, like I'm literally done, but God, I worship you. And I thank you, Lord, that... Your mercies are new this morning. And God, I thank you, Lord, that your grace is showering my life. And God, I worship you today because, God, you've been faithful. And your faithfulness doesn't fail me. And God, I thank you today that even though I walk through the the shadow of the valley of death, I don't have to fear any evil because my God is my defender. He's my comforter. He's my shepherd. He's my hope. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all the weight begins to lift off of you when you begin to get your focus off of your problems and off of yourself. And all of a sudden, I don't feel the weight anymore. Because I've learned to come into his presence in adoration and not in asking. And there's something powerful when you begin to come into adoration to your king. That two things begin to happen when we come into the presence of God that you need to understand this morning. And if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write it down. Two powerful things when we come into his presence in an attitude of worship and adoration. Two things that the Holy Spirit does. He begins to remove and he begins to reveal. He begins to remove the weight of everything that you're carrying in this life. Now, I'm not telling you today, I'm not coming in here and claiming that when you leave out of this place, it's all gonna be gone. You're never gonna struggle with anxiety again. You're never gonna feel the pressure again. You're never gonna struggle with depression again. That's not what I'm telling you. But I'm telling you, when we come into his presence with adoration, and with worship. He begins to remove the fear. He begins to remove the anxiety. He begins to remove the negative thinking. He begins to remove everything that the enemy is wanting us to be weighed down by, and he begins to reveal to us his word, and he begins to reveal to us his perspective of our life and our problems. And when we come to him in adoration, and he begins to remove and reveal, we learn how to manage and we learn how to move forward. You can just set those up here along the stage if you want. Thank you, guys. Give them a hand for helping me out today. God will remove the weight of our anxieties and reveal his perspective to us. Number two, the second step is that application step of prayer. It is the petitioning side of our prayer time. It's coming before God to share and request our needs in a humble and honest attitude, which requires that we share our needs with God and ask him to intervene on our behalf, even though he already actually knows our needs. But there's something powerful about inviting God to work in your life and in your situation. It's interesting to note that even Jesus petitioned God Hebrews 5.7 says, While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. There's two parts to the application stage. And Pastor Scott talked about this first one last week, but I'm going to hit it quickly again. The first part of the application stage is specific requests. When we come to God, we got to be specific. Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do, for they think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Verse 8 says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Hebrews 4, 16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive His mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. In other words, we must be humble yet bold and specific in our prayers because God honors bold and specific prayers. And the second part of this, the phase is persistent prayers. Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. That's powerful. What does that mean? It means we have to have some persistence about our prayer life. If you have come to God one or two times about something specific in your life and you left it there and you've never approached Him again about it, Don't complain. There's got to be some persistency. If you're inviting God to work, whether it be a miracle, you're asking Him to intervene and do something that might even seem a little bit impossible in your life, there's got to be some persistency. We have to be persistent in our prayers. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 18. Starting in verse 1, it says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. It's funny, but there's something powerful about that sentence there, that verse. She is wearing me out. I'm done with her. I'll give her whatever she wants. I don't care. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. God honors persistent prayers. And the reality is oftentimes our peace is dependent upon our persistence. The level of persistence you have will determine the level of peace and victory in your life. Sometimes we have to have a spirit like Jacob and say, God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. God, I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop knocking until I have an answer, until I experience your peace and deliverance in this situation. And the third phase is simply appreciation. It's thanksgiving. It's showing gratitude for what you already have and what God has already done in your life. Let me ask you a question today, church. How long has it been since you came into your prayer time without an agenda? It's convicting. I'll be honest, not too long ago this year, the Lord, I came into this sanctuary actually. I don't remember what day it was, but I came in here one morning and it was just me. And I came in here and I began to pray and I began to petition God and I began to ask and And the Holy Spirit quickly convicted me. And he said, Caleb, when's the last time you've come to me without an agenda? When is the last time that you've just come into his presence and maybe you didn't say anything? You just came in and you sat down. And you shut your mouth up. And you allowed the God of heaven to overwhelm you. And speak to you. And move upon your heart. When's the last time? Sometimes we don't get relief from our anxiety or our issues or our problems because we've become so overwhelmed that we have gotten in a routine that every time we come into his presence, we have an agenda. And we have a list of things that we want to talk to him about and a list of answers we want. And we have A, B, C, D, E, F. And God's just saying, I just want to spend time with you. I can grant your needs. I can grant your requests. But where's your desire just to be with me? Where's your desire just to be in my presence and want to hear my voice? You see, we're often quick to ask, but slow to appreciate. Ephesians 5.20 says, And give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. He's worthy of all of our appreciation. He's worthy of all of our worship. He's worthy of all of our praise and the glory and the honor is all due to Him. The least that you and I can do is come into His presence and thank Him. Even if you have no idea what else to say, for you to come in, sit down in the presence of the Lord and say, thank you. There's some days that I come to Him and I say, God, I can't thank you enough. I can't. I could sit here and say thank you a million times in this one moment, and it wouldn't be enough because of your faithfulness and your grace and your mercy in my life. But God, I thank you. I thank you. We cannot skip the appreciation part of prayer. It is important because it tells me it's not so much about what you pray as it is about how you pray. In fact, quickly, if you flip over to Daniel 6, Daniel 6.10 says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem and he prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. For some of you, the idea of praying adds to your anxiety because you feel inadequate. And maybe you say, I don't know what to pray. But can I challenge you today like Daniel? Don't focus so much on what to pray as you do how you pray. Stay persistent in your prayers and stay thankful. The Bible doesn't let us in on what Daniel's prayers were But perhaps the power of prayer and the secret to our peace is not all behind what we pray, but rather how we pray. Daniel had perfect peace in the lion's den because he discovered the how. I believe that Daniel understood this. If I'm faithful to come to God every day persistently and humbly in adoration for who he is, application of what my needs are, and an appreciation of what he's already done in my life, he will hear me and he will keep me in perfect peace. I believe that's what Daniel understood. Man, you guys can come back up. And we finish on verses 8 and 9 of Philippians 4. And again, Pastor Scott touched on this last week. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything that you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And so, lastly, I just want to challenge you today that at the end of the day, we must learn to choose peace in the midst of our anxiety and our pressure. We must learn to choose peace in the midst of anxiety. Dr. Walter Cavett reported a survey on worry or anxiety that indicated that only 8% of the things people worried about were legitimate matters of concern. The other 92% were either imaginary, never happened, or involved matters over which the people had no control anyway. Once we have surrendered our pressures, our problems, our worries, our anxieties over to God, and we've learned to establish a healthy pattern of prayer, then we have to choose that peace every day. We have to make a conscious decision. I choose his peace today. I could be frustrated. I could choose frustration today. I could choose to be discouraged and defeated today. But knowing who my God is, and knowing what He's done for me in my life, and knowing that He has not stopped being faithful, I choose to walk in His peace. I will choose that today. I could be frustrated right now about something else that doesn't matter. I could be overwhelmed. I could be angry. But instead, I'm going to choose to walk in His peace because I know who He is. And He doesn't change. At some point, it's up to us to choose peace, over anxiety, choose peace over pressure or whatever that thing is that you're battling in your life, choose peace over frustration. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The second part of 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. As we close today, if you are given a prescription whether it's permanently whether it's a prescription for the fact that you're sick or you're having a cold or whatever it is that you're facing and you are given a prescription if you want to manage that issue and you want to get better what do you have to do you take the prescription right if you're given a prescription for a specific issue or a specific sickness, you take the prescription. Paul says if we will keep putting into practice this prescription and fix our thoughts on the things that are excellent and worthy of praise, then the God of peace will be with us. I believe today that there's some people in this room that God wants you to lay down your anxiety. And he wants to pick up your peace. He wants you to pick up his peace. Excuse me. And perhaps there's people in this room today that anxiety is even a little bit heavier than even what I'm saying today in your life. Perhaps you're in this sanctuary today and you've been battling anxiety for a long time. Maybe it's been three years, five years, ten years. Maybe you still currently are on medication right now for your anxiety. Or for your depression, I'm not here to tell you that medication is bad and that you shouldn't take it. That's between you and your primary care doctor, and between God. That's not between. That's that's not that's none of my business. I'm not here to tell you medication is bad. I'm here to tell you that in His Word, God has given us a prescription for peace, and that if we follow His principles in His Word, I believe today that if you will be willing and you will be vulnerable and honest enough. To come forward, that God is going to take that peace and in His presence, He's going to wash it away. Doesn't mean that you're never gonna have, doesn't mean that from this day forward, you're gonna have a, a perfect day every single day for the rest of your life. Doesn't mean that you're never gonna experience that anxiety again. But it just means that His presence and His power is gonna help you to be able to learn to manage that and you'll never be the same because you're walking according to His principles and the prescription for peace that's in his word. Will you stand with me today? I'm just simply going to pray. And if that's you today, when I'm done praying, I'm just going to ask you to come. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. And I truly believe that. I, I believe what I said from the beginning. The presence of the Lord is still in this place. I believe that the Lord knit this service together for some people who are in this place today. And we'll try to move quickly because we've got our Christmas dinner next door. But I also want to take a few moments before we dismiss and go next door. If you're here today, please don't leave here. Please don't walk out of here thinking I can, I can do this on my own. I can take care of it. It'll be fine. I don't need to go to the altar. I don't need the Lord to help me. Ah, I've been taking medication for five years or ten years and, I've been fine so far. I'll be fine. I've been honest and transparent with you today, and I would just ask that you be honest with yourself, be honest with God. If you're dealing with something like I'm talking about today, you're dealing with overwhelming anxiety, pressure, worry, stress, depression, the band's going to begin to play. I'm I'm fixing to pray. And then when I'm done praying, I'm going to ask you to just come. And I believe that if you'll have enough faith to step forward today, that God's going to touch you in a way you're not going to have to walk in that overwhelming anxiety or defeat anymore. But he's going to teach you how to walk in his peace and his victory for your life. Do you believe that today? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Lord, that your presence is still in this place today. And I thank you that you have not changed. You and you alone are God today. And so I'm asking you, as we surrender our anxieties and our worries and our stress, and we surrender our hearts and our lives to you in this moment, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to just come and touch every heart and touch every mind and touch every family and every individual, every man, every woman, every child in this place. Touch them by your power. Touch them by the power of your Holy Spirit that when they leave this place today, they would never be the same because they've encountered the supernatural peace of God that transcends all of our understanding. We believe you to do it today and we trust you. In Jesus' name, Amen. If that's you, would you come this morning?